I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This talk continues our three-week teaching series, In the Zone. This week, Ben Jones, our communications pastor, takes us through the life of Timothy and shares how Timothy lived life in the zone. Great job. Good morning. It's great to be here with all of you today. And there really is something about baseball and summertime. It just goes so well together. And this has been a really fun series to be a part of. You know, I enjoy most of the major sports, but there's something about baseball that really does hold a special place with me. You know, it's the sport that I played mostly growing up. My dad loved baseball. He was a baseball player, and him and I would play catch a lot, and he would hit me grounders and pop flies. He was my coach for a few seasons. He was a pitcher, so he would teach me how to hold the ball to throw all these different pitches that I could never seem to be able to do. I have two brothers. They both love baseball. I have a son. He's three. His name is Chase, so he will love baseball. He doesn't have much of a choice in the matter. I have a three-month-old baby girl named Callie, and she also will love baseball. But it really is a unique sport. There's something special about it. Because you can watch a baseball game, and for an extended amount of time, not a whole lot can happen. It can be pretty laid back, and that's part of what makes the game great. But then, out of nowhere... A spectacular play is made, and it sends an adrenaline rush through the whole crowd, sends them to their feet. And if you've ever been in a stadium, when this happens, it's amazing. There's nothing quite like it. It could be a diving catch in the outfield, a double play, a strikeout to end the inning, or a home run to put you back in the game. Game winning plays are some of the best. That's what sports fans live for. That's why we watch. We've had a lot of game-winning plays throughout the history in Philadelphia. Like in 1980, Tug McGraw takes the mound, finishes off the season with a World Series championship, leading the Phillies in a Game 6 victory. And in 2009, second baseman Eric Bruntlett Filling in for Chase Utley, of course. He turns a game-ending, winning, unassisted, triple play. I was at this game. And it was amazing because nobody knew what had just happened. Even the players on the field were just looking around like, what's going on? And then the umpires finally call the game and the crowd goes nuts. You know, Eric Bruntland was only the fifth player in history to turn this type of play. Then, of course... In 2008, Brad Lidge caps off his perfect season, striking out Eric Hinsky of the Tampa Bay Rays, leading the Phillies into their second World Series championship. And it was awesome. It was great. I actually had a little joke planned here about how I wasn't able to find any significant plays from the Phillies this season. But then last night, Jim Tomey has to go and hit a walk-off home run, but I'm okay with that. I'll take that because game-winning plays are what we live for. 
You know, we've been in this series called In the Zone, and we've paralleled it with baseball. We said that the term in the zone is sort of this term used to describe a player who's playing particularly well over a period of time. They're producing at a high level and adding value to their team. They've got it going on. And it takes a really good player to get in the zone. Not every player makes it. But only the greats find a way to stay there through their entire career. They're the ones that land into the Hall of Fame. And in fact, only 242 major league players have ever made it into this elite group of players. And there's a reason for that. Last week, Gus talked about how the players who make it to the Hall of Fame realize and understand at an early age that it takes practice. He talked about practice. AI would have hated last week's message because it takes practice to get good. You have to continually field grounders and swing the bat and pitch balls over and over every day. Practice. And the same is true in our spiritual lives. In order to live a life that's in the zone, we have to practice our spiritual disciplines on a daily basis like reading our Bible, praying, coming to church regularly, being generous with our resources and serving others. We have to practice those things in order to live a life that's in the zone. So today... We're going to talk about something else that we have to do. This has to happen in order for us to live a life that's in the zone. Brings us to our big idea for this morning, and it's this. To get in the zone by keeping your head in the game. In the words of the great Yogi Berra, baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. If you're thinking there's something a little bit off with this quote, you're right. It doesn't quite make sense mathematically, but neither did he most of the time. But you get the idea. There's no doubt that the mental side of sports can affect a player as much, if not even more at times, than the physical. You know, we hear sports announcers and analysts and commentators throughout a game say terms like, that was just a mental error, or his mind is just somewhere else. He's just having a mental block. Now, I'm not sure if anybody really knows what any of these phrases mean, but we say them, and we do the same thing with our kids as we're coaching them. We say things like, you got to stop thinking and just react. Don't let the other team get in your head. You have to stay mentally tough. You've got to keep your head in the game. Because what we understand as parents and what coaches and managers understand is that if you lose concentration, if you lose focus, even for a short moment, it can cost you the game. It can cost the entire team. And in some cases, it can potentially even cost a player their career. And the same is true in our spiritual 
lives. If we lose focus, if we get distracted, if our heads get out of the game, if we have a weak moment, even a short moment can cost us the game. It can cost you your job. It can cost you your career. Worst of all, it could cost you your family. Because losing focus, getting your head out of the game, has the potential to cost you everything. Today, we're going to take a look at a man in the Bible who took some very wise advice and it landed him into the spiritual hall of fame. It's a man by the name of Timothy. Timothy made it into the spiritual big leagues at a young age. He was personally mentored by Paul himself. Now, Paul, he was, he was a hall of famer. He was one of the most influential leaders in the early church. In fact, he was responsible for helping establish most of the first churches after Christ's death. And Paul trusted Timothy, so much so that he put Timothy in charge of one of his churches, the church in Ephesus. Now, this wasn't an easy task because there were a lot of people in Ephesus that opposed Timothy. There were a lot of people there who disrespected Timothy. There were even some influential leaders who wanted to be seen as the guy the one leading the thing, the one who is all wise and knowing and is teaching. And so they would actually teach things contrary to Timothy and to the Bible to try to get people on their side and to distract and divide. And so here we pick up in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. This is a letter that Paul is writing to Timothy. I'm writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Now, Timothy wasn't Paul's actual son. When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and to stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussions of myths and spiritual pedigrees because these things only lead to meaningless speculations, now don't st- which don't help people live a life of faith in God. The purpose of my instructions is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. Some people, they've missed this entirely. They've missed the whole point. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they just don't even know what they're talking about, even though they speak so confidently. So here we have Timothy being instructed by Paul to protect the church saying, Timothy, you have to stay focused. You have to keep the church on task because there's far too much at stake. And yeah, I get it. I'm well aware there are people there who oppose you. In fact, there are more people doing the wrong things than the right things. And not only that, the people who are doing the wrong things, they're going to try to make you feel embarrassed about doing the right things. Now, this is a tough tension to manage. And Paul realizes it. He says, Timothy, in order to keep your head in the game, here's my first piece of advice to you. Don't be influenced by the crowd. 
See, Paul understood. It's easy to get influenced by the crowd because as more people begin to go along with something, the harder it becomes to not accept it ourselves. Students, you know this better than anyone in this room. It's easy to get influenced by the crowd when it seems like everybody else is doing something. It's easy to get influenced by the crowd when it seems like nobody else seems to think something's no big deal. And Paul goes on, he says, Timothy, here's some help to manage this tension in your life. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They'll be around. They will deceive others and they will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they're true and you know you can trust them who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you have to stay true to what you know is right. We know what's right. He says, Timothy, You've been taught these things from childhood and those who taught you are trustworthy. So you know you can believe in it. You know, one of the reasons that Paul trusted Timothy so much was because of his reputation. Timothy was from a family whose mother and grandmother taught him the scriptures at an early age. They taught him how to live the right way and they taught him how to treat others. But Timothy had to do something with that. Timothy began to apply these truths into his life at an early age. And in return, we're told in the scripture that the leaders in his hometown were impressed with Timothy. Paul comes through town and he hears about this guy and he's impressed with Timothy. This is because he chose to apply the truths of scripture into his life at a very young age. And he was living life in the zone. He was doing a great job. But Paul, being the seasoned veteran that he was, he realized that just because you've gotten the zone doesn't mean you're going to stay there. And so he goes on to give some more advice in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. These are three very important words we're going to take a look at. See your progress. Says Timothy, here's my second piece of advice for you. Don't rely on past accomplishments for future success. You've done great things, Timothy. You got it going on. You're living in the zone. But Paul realized and told Timothy, that's all well and good, but that all ends right now. That stuff doesn't matter. You're in a new place now, and people need a new reason 
to believe in you, a new reason to be inspired by you. Now, there's a phrase in sports that pretty much sums up how sports fans feel about players' past accomplishments. And it comes in the form of a question. You can probably finish it. It goes a little something like this. What have you done lately? What have you done lately? And we love this term in Philadelphia. And it's true. Think about it. In 2008, not even four years ago, the Phillies were able to accomplish the most difficult thing there is to accomplish in Major League Baseball. They won a World Series championship. And we loved that. We got excited. There was a huge parade on Broad Street. It was great. But what do fans say right now? What have you done lately? That was great. We appreciate that. But we need a new reason to believe in this team. We need a new reason to be inspired and to get behind their cause. And Paul understood this. So let me pose this question to you this morning. It's a difficult one. In your spiritual life, what have you done lately? Are you still holding on to some past accomplishment that your parents made in their faith? Are you still holding on to some past decision that you made as a child? Are you still feeling really good about that one time you served at that one event a while back? Now, Paul wasn't trying to minimize anything Timothy had done up to this point, and I'm really not trying to do that either because those are meaningful decisions. Those meant something to you and were important for you. But it's important to begin to ask ourselves, what have we done lately? Where are you serving now at Valley Point? What spiritual step have you taken lately? Where's your generosity? Where's your giving at now compared to a year ago, two years ago, when you first decided to follow Christ? You know, I believe that if Paul came to Valley Point Church this morning and got to hear stories from all of you about what we've been able to accomplish as a church in the last 12 months, he would be so excited about that. Like, that's unbelievable. You mean people are trusting in Christ alone to save them here? People are getting baptized? You're doing these compassion trips all over the world to Russia, to Guatemala, to West Virginia? This is amazing. These love weeks? Come on. That's awesome. You're making a real impact in your community here. But I think he would have a second message to us. Don't stop. You can't stop because people need a new reason to believe in you. People need a fresh reason to be inspired and to get behind the cause. Valley Point Church, we cannot rely on past accomplishments for our future success. And in order to do that, individually, 
In our spiritual lives, we cannot rely on past accomplishments for our future success. Greatness doesn't come easy. Living in the zone does not come easy. In Jim Collins' quote in his book, Great by Choice, he puts greatness this way. Greatness is not primarily a matter of circumstance. Greatness is first and foremost a matter of conscious choice and discipline. You see, we can't stay stagnant. You can't get lazy and we can't stop trying because that's not inspiring. Nobody wants to get behind that. They want to get behind living life by example. Are you living what you're saying you believe in? We have to create new reasons. We have to keep our heads in the game. Great job. Great job. You're in the zone. Don't stop. Because Paul saw one area in Timothy's life that had the greatest potential to sideline him. And like Paul liked to do, he shot pretty straight with Timothy. And it's in Scripture for us to see this morning. In 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7, he says, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith is strong in you. And this is why I remind you today, God has not given a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You see, Timothy was a bit timid. This is the one weakness that's spoken of in Scripture about him. And don't we all have that one weakness, if not several, that has the greatest potential to sideline us? This is where Satan loves to attack. This is where he can expose us because he knows my weakness and he knows your weakness. And if he can get our heads out of the game, if he can distract us, if he can cause us to lose focus on what really matters, even for a short time, it can cost us the game. So what does... Paul gave Timothy to combat against this tension in his life. He says, in order to keep your head in the game, here's my final piece of advice for you, Timothy. Rely on God. It's short and sweet. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. You see, self-discipline actually comes from God in its greatest form. No, we're talented on our own. We are. We can find success on our own. We can impress a lot of people on our own. For some, it comes relatively easy. But what about when the crowd turns on you? When tragedy strikes in your life, when the slumps of life come, and all of a sudden you realize, I don't have what it takes 
to make it. There is something greater than what I have inside of me on my own to make it any further. Paul felt so strongly about this piece of advice that he gives one of the most ultimate statements in all of Scripture. And it comes in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says this, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone, everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that covers us all. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. We all need him. Everyone. Everyone needs him. Because there comes a time in life when you finally realize, I don't have what it takes. There's something greater than what I have on my own. See, Timothy learned this at a very young age. And he was able to leverage that in his life. There's an important message that Paul points out that I think we can't overlook this morning. It says that his mother and his grandmother instilled these things into his life at a young age. Without the groundwork that they laid, Timothy may not have had the success that he ended up having. See, it's important that we instill in our kids at a young age the power that comes along with God's spirit within us. Because it's his power that makes strong men and strong women who are unwilling to compromise in what they know is true. We have VBS coming up at the end of August. This morning on the table in the lobby, you can sign your kids up to experience that. That's a great way to begin at a young age instilling these things into their life. Getting your kids here each and every week for Kid Point will instill these things into their lives. We give you resources so that you can go home and continue the conversations in your homes, and you should do that. And dads, fathers, husbands, you should be leading the way in this in your families. You should be the spiritual leaders in your families. A lot of the times we like to leave these types of things up to mom and to grandma, but that's not the way God designed it. Because where you go, your family goes. And moms, if dad's not doing this, keep doing it because it's important. But dads, husbands, let's step up and be the spiritual leaders in our house that we're supposed to be. See, Paul says, Timothy, great job. You're living life in the zone. But I've been where you are, and I've been further. And there's some things you need to remember in order to have continued success. Don't get influenced by the crowd. Stay true to what you know is right. Don't rely on past accomplishments. You can only ride those for so long. You need to give people a new reason to be inspired. And rely on 
God, this is how you're going to live a life that's in the zone. There's just one takeaway this morning, and it's this. Make a new decision. Maybe you've been influenced by the crowd. You begin to make some compromises in what you know is true and right. Make a new decision today. You can do that today. Maybe you've been distracted away from the things that truly matter in life. Family, relationships, church, being generous, serving others. Make a new decision. Maybe you've found yourself as part of the crowd all of a sudden, and you're not sure how you got there. You just know you need to get back in the zone. Make a new decision today. Maybe you have been relying on past accomplishments for too long. Make a new decision to serve somewhere today. We spoke about VBS just a minute ago. There's opportunities for you to serve this summer at VBS. We need volunteers for that. Make the decision today. Stop by that table and serve. Make a new decision. Maybe you need to join a life group this fall. That will dramatically improve your spiritual success. Get yourself and your spouse, if you're married, in a life group. Now, maybe you've become a bit passive in getting your family here consistently. Make a new decision. Stop relying on past accomplishments for future success because you can't ride those any further. We had a group of individuals, 16 people a couple of weeks ago, made a new decision. They made the decision to get baptized. This was an awesome day. They chose to make their faith in Christ public. I have a video here for you this morning to give you an idea of what that day looked like. And after you watch this, you'll see how making a new decision not only impacts you, but inspires those around you. Watch this. Let's give it up for the individuals who made that decision in their life. Perhaps today, you've never made the decision to rely on God. You've never trusted in Him alone to save you. You've never made Him the leader of your life. I'd like to invite you to do that this morning. Would you pray with me? If that's you this morning, if you have never trusted Christ alone to save you, to make him the leader of your life. If you realize you've taken this thing as far as you can on your own, and you now realize there's something more in life that you need for continued and true success. If you're really to, ready to make that new decision today, like to lead you in a prayer just to help you with the words to say this morning. Cry this out to God right now. Hey God, 
I've gone as far as I can on my own. I realize that I need you in my life. I believe in you. And today, I trust in you alone to save me. Today, I want to give you complete control over my life. Help me now to stay true to what I know is right and to not be influenced by the crowd and to rely on you alone for my future success. If you did that this morning, let me be the first to congratulate you. That's the greatest decision you could have made in your life this morning. Perhaps today you made a different new decision. I'd encourage you to let somebody around you know what that was today. God, thank you for a great day. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.